0: It's Divorce TV time and we have another great show for you. We have from South Africa, Sinta Aberson, a fair divorce. We have a shared story from a lawyer mediator and a healing from here in the UK with Annika Thornton. So first though, we're going to go to Scotland for some divorce news. And my first story comes from the Daily Record in Scotland. An Ayrshire lawyer has been fined 10,000 pounds after failing to raise and proceed with a woman's divorce action for four years. The Scottish Solicitors Discipline Tribunal found Quinton Weir guilty of professional misconduct over delay in acting on her instructions within a reasonable time and failing to communicate with her during part of the period. Muir 54 told the tribunal that he wanted to make a full and unreserved apology to the woman and was genuinely sorry for any distress caused. He accepted that there was no excuse for the delay that took place and said that the best exclam- explanation he could provide was that he was swamped by the volume of business at the time. He was busy. So following the matter before the tribunal, his firm had employed additional staff and introduced file management systems to prevent any recurrence, it said in a ruling. But it said that failure to make progress with the the unnamed woman's case was extensive and included a period in excess of two years where no action of any kind was taken by Muir. The tribunal said a solicitor is expected to carry out instructions Adequately and competently within a reasonable time. The relevant time is from instruction to the termination of engagement. Muir of DJ Dunlop, Barn Street, Air, was consulted by the woman in April 2013 as she sought advice on divorcing her husband, whom she separated from in 2010. She withdrew her instructions to Muir in October 2017 and contacted fresh agents the same day. The tribunal held that Muir failed in his obligation to proceed with the woman's instructions within a reasonable time by delaying and acting upon her wishes to raise and proceed with a divorce action from October 2013 to October 2017. It also found that he had failed to communicate with her from January 2015 to February 2017. So, wow so if you've had any similar experiences uh, and i have had people who've had very very long gaps where nobody's talked to them at all but if you've had any anything similar please do uh, let us know put it in the comments um but it's good to know that that the the solicitors can get fined when they completely forget about you for a few years now this is uh from the guardian and it's divorces of the rich and famous a one percent solution or it asks the start of a trend. Well let's hope it is a trend. So the paper says that with such high profile splits at Bill and Melinda Gates as Belinda, start again, Bill and Melinda Gates and Jeff and Mackenzie Bezos, some say the wealthy play their by their own rules, but celebrities often set standards the rest of us follow. Some of the divorces of recent years have apparently been amicable or pseudo-amicable, it says, such as the tech billionaires Bill and Melinda Gates and the Amazon founder Jeff Bezos and Mackenzie Scott. It's like they just can't cope with the idea that, that, that a famous wealthy um, and celebrities can get have a peaceful divorce. Um, it, it's not pseudo-amicable or uh, apparently amicable with the Gates. they do seem to be doing it in a very good way so let's just give them credit for that the same is largely true of the split between the reality star billionaire Kim Kardashian and singer Kanye West but other splits have been decidedly less so such as the long-running epic divorce and now custody battle between two of Hollywood's a-listers Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt they get the thumbs down I'm afraid for, for divorcing well theories abound as to why such powerful unions crack Laura Vassa, a Los Angeles go-to attorney who has represented Jolly and Kardashian, describes divorce as the great equaliser. We have to do it in a way so that you don't get emotionally and financially destroyed in the process, she told the former Merrill Lynch CEO, Sally Korchek during an online Elevest forum last week. The increase in divorce among older couples is a growing phenomenon, and not just the rich and famous was told the forum baby boomers boomers don't feel divorce is so taboo because of their parents have maybe got divorced the first generation to do so when people only lived to 40 until death us do part was easier now people are living longer healthy working longer they, they don't want to be with this person they want to start a new chapter even when they're in their 70s have confirmed that with the kind of high profile and Hollywood divorces that have hit the headlines there has been a trend toward mediation and working it out amicably fantastic so for celebrities the more you do it by virtue of settlement she says the less public it is which I think is definitely a big plus for them what always happens in society is people look at the wealthy and the movie stars and emulate them if so-and-so consciously uncoupled or mediated I can do that too. It's a great trend, she said, and it is a great trend because it is powerful and it's fantastic that finally we're starting to get these more positive stories from the celebrities. She says, um, oh, here we go. Letting some guy in a black robe decide your future and your kid's future is not the best way to go, especially now our courtrooms are so congested as a result of underfunding and all the cases coming in as a result of the pandemic. And of course, that's happening in the UK and many countries. Ralph Felder, Acker, New York's Dean of Divorce and subject of a 2004 New Yorker profile, The Misery Broker, believes there is an uptick overall in divorce rates that is COVID related as the pandemic eases in America and people are seeking to move on with their lives, sometimes alone. He says it's like two corporations breaking up. A lot of mechanicals same with the movie stars breaking up. So, coll- complex divorces, where you've got a lot of money and it is, it is complicated, that's where collaborative law is particularly good. It's a bit more pricey than mediation, but these celebrities will still save a packet staying out of court and also out of the press. And last but not least, <phone rings> Biden's plans may drop a tax bomb on divorcing couples. There's nothing easy about divorce, it says. This is CNBC. And President Joe Biden's latest proposal may deliver a tax surprise to couples calling it quits. Biden wants higher taxes on the wealthiest 1% to help fund education, paid leave, childcare, and other social programmes, impacting those earning over $400,000. The proposal calls for raising the highest income tax rate to 39.6%, a hike from the current 37%. The repercussions of Joe Biden's proposed tax plan are pretty significant, said a certified financial planner, Stacey Francis, president and CEO of Francis Financial in New York City. Without strategic planning, the tax impacts may be drastic for divorcees, she said. One of the biggest challenges for divorcees is paying for two households. Higher taxes means less cash flow to cover living, living expenses, says Aviva Pinto, manager, managing director of Wealthspire Advisors in New York City. We see that after divorce for men and women, she says the standard of living plummets. Uh, one spouse may have to sell the assets received in the divorce settlement to make ends meet, possibly triggering tax issues. For example, let's say one spouse sells a $500,000 portfolio with significant gains from the past 15 years. The sale will greatly increase that spouse's annual income and may expose profits to Biden's proposed 39.6% capital gains rate, Pinto said. The proposed tax changes may also impact home transfers, said Eric Toya, a CFP and partner at Navigo in Redondo Beach, California. For example, let's say a divorcing couple bought a home decades ago in California for $250,000 and the property is now worth $1.7 If the couple sells while married, they may qualify for a $500,000 tax break on the profit. But if one sp- spouse sells it post-divorce, they may only get a $250,000 tax write-off. It's one of those things that a lot of divorcing couples don't think about, said Toya. Moreover, if that spouse sells the property for $1.7 million, they may push their annual income over $1 million, risking the higher tax rates on part of the home profit. So combined with state taxes, the top capital gains rates could be over 50% in California, according to the Tax Foundation. So while the future of Biden's proposals is unknown, Pinto said couples planning to split may consider finalising their divorce before the new law is into effect. Don't let it drag on, she said. A lot of the courts are just opening and there's a huge backup. Divorcees also need to plan for the post-tax impacts of property transfers, such as investment portfolios or homes. They may need to consider the tax bite, especially for assets with significant gains, Pinto said. Fight for cash, she recommends. After divorce, a newly single investor often needs changes to their investment portfolio, says Francis. Those looking to swap out investments may dodge higher taxes on profits by making changes before the new laws, she said. So many times people are just looking for the finish line of the divorce, Francis said. They don't think about how they're going to navigate their life afterward. So even if you're not in a high tax bracket, uh, including in the UK, it's a really good idea to talk to a financial planner who does long term cash flow forecasting as early as possible because there's lots of things that can catch you out and, you know, you both want to end up with as, as, much, as much money as possible from the divorce. You don't want to give giving it away unnecessarily to the taxman. Let's move now, getting ready for, we're going to, go to South Africa and we're going to be talking to our expert. And welcome, Sinta. Hi, Susie. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for being on the show again. And this time you're here as an expert in it, And Fair Divorce. Just tell us what Fair
1: Divorce is. Fair Divorce is a global educational platform that I started for families going through divorce. And it offers practical advice and guidance and support for any members of the family or extended family who are affected by the divorce process. And in South
0: Africa, what, what are the key differences that you've noticed? Because I know you work internationally as well. Um, tell, tell us, for, for the Americans and the UK people watching, tell us a little bit about how divorce works in, in South Africa.
1: Uh, pretty similar, except that we're a bit um, further behind with some of the newest changes in legislation. But basically, we, we accommodate for uh, traditional marriages and customary ma- marriages in our country because we've got quite a diverse, uh, diverse cultures Um, and it's pretty simple to get divorced although traditionally most people in South Africa still follow the litigation route and uh, we still have a mammoth task of education. Although people are more aware of of, uh, mediation these days and collaborative divorce processes, we still have to educate people in that regard. And the sad thing is that people end up Um, in a mediation process once they've already followed litigation and they've spent most of their money and they are emotionally exhausted and just overwhelmed by everything that they've been through. But we're working on that.
0: I mean, I guess you could say at least they end up there, some of them in the end, but it's not great to go into mediation emotionally exhausted and broke either. It's it's not going to help the mediation to, to, to have had
1: all that trauma and burning all your bridges beforehand, is it? Mm-hmm. no definitely not and also by that time the relationship between the people have broken down to such a degree that mediation is really challenging
0: so how do you support people and um, obviously you're educating them of, of, of the different um, ways of going through divorce as I, as I do how and what other ways do you support clients through the divorce process
1: I consult privately and I support clients mainly with the softer issues, if I can call it that, um, you know, getting to a good co-parenting relationship with their children, uh, managing the changes. Uh, divorce is basically about managing the changes that that it uh, brings about in your life and um, about reestablishing a new family dynamic. And I help people with that. And then, of course, on the website, um, I spend a lot of time doing research and bringing new information and also stuff that are relevant and and, and, uh, current with affairs. Uh, For example, today is um, World Day for Cultural Diversity, and um, I've published an article. And in that article, I discuss several ways in which cultural diversity actually impacts divorce. And that's something that um, plays a role in marriages and during the divorce process. And it especially has quite an effect on the way people negotiate and the parenting plans that are drawn up and that sort of stuff. So I try and bring in information that's relevant to um, current affairs as well. Could
0: you say a little bit about that? Because that's really interesting, The how the cultural diversity uh,
1: impacts the divorce. Yes. Um the the main things that we are all basically aware of is different cultures where for example in some cultures men are are regarded as the head of the family and they are expected by their societies to go out and provide uh, security and sustenance to their wives and their children and uh, women are traditionally expected to stay at home and raise the children and take care of the household and then in other cultures um men and women are equally able to pursue their careers and provide for their families. So traditionally, uh, they will contract in nannies or pairs and and, and household support to take care of the children and the family. And when a divorce happens, in the traditional family that I mentioned first, the men or the husband would still have a duty to support the wife um, while she uh, takes care of the children until they are grown up and in a different culture where both parents are able to pursue their careers, they would have equal responsibility to take care of their children and provide for them. So the the, the separation agreement and the parenting plan would look different in that regard. Uh, Interesting aspects play a role like uh, language and the use of language and the way people communicate is quite interesting in a mediation process because some people For example, a Japanese culture that is very formal and emotional outbursts are frowned upon. Compare that with a Mexican culture, for example, where people are animated and they use hand gestures and they speak loudly and fast. To have people with different cultures like that in the same room trying to mediate or having an argument where people actually revert back to their mother tongue when they are emotionally triggered is quite a challenge. So there are many examples like that that actually influence the divorce process and also the outcome of the stipulations of the parenting plans.
0: So with the, and with talking on the children and the co-parenting, do you feel that the, um, is this similar to say the US or the UK, the challenges that co-parents have or is there anything particular that that happens in South Africa that
1: maybe doesn't happen, happen so much in other countries? I think it's pretty similar because children are children and they need the same things. What does play a role, though, is whether you are a culture that focuses on uh, uh, developing um, individualism or whether it's a culture that focuses on developing as a community. So um, in South Africa, we have some cultures that are individualistic. And in in those cultures, um, children are uh, uh, encouraged to uh, achieve academically and to have career success and develop intellectually for example but we have other cultures where the children are encouraged to be a part of their community to provide security and support for community members or the elders in their family so there's more emphasis on their uh, physical needs and their emotional development so if there's uh, parents from both of these cultures problems arise when we start putting the parenting plan together because one parent would want the children to uh, go to a private school and have a good academic background and the other person would rather put the children in in a government school or maybe an alternative school like a Montessori or a Waldorf for example where the children have more emphasis on their physical needs and emotional development.
0: And with the co-parenting plans, because I'm always encouraging people to do them and it's it's not something that a lot of them have ever thought about even, uh, but do you mm-hmm. have some advice or guidance? Because I know that you put a lot of em- emphasis on that and you support clients in, in that process because it's... It's a big thing, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, I think it's something's really good to talk about before you get into the money, into detail. So, because there's usually some areas that you can agree on. Um, and so what, if, what advice have you got for co-parents uh, who are thinking, well, you know, what do I do with a co-parenting plan and what are the things they should really watch out for and be aware of when they create one?
1: Mm-hmm. In South Africa, a parenting plan is a requirement to get divorced if you have children. So it has to be done, and obviously um, we um, support that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. The best interests of the children are protected, and apart from covering all the basics in terms of where the children stay and who's got who has primary care, and also stipulating the joint responsibilities that the parents have, there are interesting things um, like I explained earlier with the cultural differences in terms of schooling and that sort of stuff, um, but. In general, I advise people to come up with a plan that is sustainable by the parents. I find often that parents are so afraid to do something that might be harmful or not in the best interest of the children that they're prepared to make major sacrifices and live in circumstances and commit to responsibilities that they cannot sustain long term. So that is a very important thing. And also something to remember is once, while you are separating and both parents are single, the situation is of a particular nature. But the moment the parents get involved with new partners, the situation changes drastically. So again, to come back to sustainability is to bear those things in mind when you put parenting plan together. Circumstances change, and we know parenting plans aren't cast in stone but it is a court order. So it requires a certain process to have it altered or changed.
0: So really good. Even if um, you're not going to make it a court order, fantastic advice there to don't make promises you can't keep. Because I've seen that many times people, you know, I'm I'm encouraging them to make agreements with each other, but sometimes you just think that's not going to work long term. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah. And, and, and yeah fabulous advice thank you so much uh cinta and uh i look forward to having you back on the show uh, at a later date so you're going to be putting your information about how you can support people all around the world um in the comments aren't you so people when they see this a little bit later they'll be able to access that and uh that'll be great
1: yes i will thank do you. and thank you so much for this opportunity susie
0: thank you it's lovely yeah. to see you again bye for now Good stuff. Yeah. Create a parenting plan. And maybe we should be doing that in the UK. Should we not make it a legal requirement? Um, maybe you don't need to make it a binding court order because is, is pretty, pretty harsh, uh, pretty restrictive for children. And things can change so much. Um, but at least create one, have those discussions, talk about yeah, what we're going to do when we get new partners. That's a big one. Bit of learning. So the masterclass today, we are still on attack section, and the uh, and the children, and we're going to talk just a little bit about um, can I win a custody custody battle and what are my rights? Now these are two questions that come up a lot. Uh, check out your parental rights, but combine those with a reality check, which may not be what you want to hear. However, there are many ways to improve the situation, so don't get discouraged. Rebuilding good communication with your ex is key, and that is rarely helped by a string of solicitor's letters or lawyer's letters. The law can be very time-consuming, and you don't want to win the battle and discover you've missed several years of your children growing up. So open your mind to other ways to build trust and with the other parent, and don't use the law as a blunt weapon. One of the, another question that comes up a lot is how to get my, how do I get my parental rights respected without putting the children through hell? So, well, sometimes fighting for your rights will not only cause suffering to the children, but it can, can completely backfire, leaving you with less time with, with your children. Uh, in the shared story, we have a story on that, uh, which I think is is something that it's really just it's really important to be aware of the reality of what can actually happen. So you need to step to play smart, especially if your ex is being utterly unhelpful. So there are plenty of ways to succeed. So don't just go for the most obvious, like the court action option. And if that is your only route, then there's still plenty else you can do to pave the way to successful co-parenting in the future and maintaining contact with your children. Now, our shared story today is a recorded video, which I, excuse the quality, it was done a long time ago, but it was an interview I did with a mediator and collaborative lawyer that I always remembered. And I, I even though it was done a few years ago, the situation hasn't really changed that much. So if you're a parent who's feeling aggrieved that you're not having enough time with your children, take note.
2: I've even this morning read a report, sadly, where the problems that can be put up from being too dogmatic And being too demanding and being uncompromising can be really destructive. The report I'm thinking of is is one prepared by some some organisation called CAFCAS. That's a child and family support service that aids the court in dealing with the contact proceedings, which is those sort of proceedings you would adopt to try to see your child in preparing a report after meeting with the father and the mother and the child. Now a report I've just read was obtained within one of these disputes. The dispute came about because a child decided that she would not go and stay with Dad. Dad thought this was all about Mum saying no. There's something wrong there, don't go. Dad was convinced of this, and because he lost that contact for, I think it was a week, if memory's right, a holiday time, he wanted to change the system to make sure he was able to have the contact that he felt was right in the future. He made the application to court. The application to court, however, meant that there was input to that court system that just fed that anger and frustration from his point of view because it gave the mother opportunities and a space to criticise and undermine his viewpoint about what should happen to his daughter. And so, in fact, the contact deteriorated. Deteriorated now to the extent that The report I've just read is suggesting that the child concerned is scared to spend time with Dad because she's observed Dad's anger. She's observed Dad's frustration and poor comments about Mum and she doesn't want to go. And after a lot of analysis, and we're talking about court proceedings that probably 18 months old, the recommendation is that his contact is limited to cards at Christmas and birthdays. From a position where that child previously stayed with him for a whole weekend on a fortnightly basis, pretty regularly, that's a disastrous result. It's probably disastrous as much for his daughter as much as for dad. Uh, uh, And uh, I, I was acting for this dad and it's really unfortunate that the reality of having to work, even against the odds with somebody that's views you may not support but for the benefit of the child concerned is really an objective you have to try to take on board and if you don't there is a destructive area in this part of the law that does not help you as a parent and certainly doesn't help the child unfortunately hence try to resolve it through mediation try to resolve it collaboratively because that actually maintains a level of cooperation That means that
0: the future contact arrangements have a much greater benefit for the child. That's a scary story, isn't it? So there are times when you do need to use the court, absolutely, to get the contact with your children that's being denied. But be careful you don't rush into it in a state of anger uh, because it can backfire. You need to use the court strategically, not as a blunt weapon. Are Tile roulette in the app. Best way to divorce to online takes you straight to the free app. It's international if you speak English. Only got the English version at the moment. Lots of great resources. And the I'm just going to point out today the co-parenting resources in there. You can you've got a template for a co-parenting plan. We've been talking about co-parenting plans today. Also, our family wizard, which is a wonderful way to put boundaries in place. It's an online diary calendar. These are really great tools that, no matter how difficult or peaceful your divorce is, uh, they are really really worth putting in place and even incorporating them as things to that you should use in your parenting plan so that you agree on using those and for those of you who are in the UK and looking to divorce and want to know a bit more about how it works and some cool strategies how to save yourself a fortune and to find out that you're not the only person in this situation in the app you'll see that you can access the there's still some places at the best way to divorce divorce financial workshop in June. ready we are now going to be having our healing and i'm going to uh see if i can unmute have you been muting uh yourself annika because <laughs> it's not letting me unmute you so just if you keep yourself unmute unmuted and then i should be able to get you alive here because we're not going to have much of a meditation if we can't hear you i'm going to click on here again and see if that works oh we did all this test earlier for some reason it's completely gone So, Annika, you keep clicking, it says here, so I hope you're not touching anything, and let's have another go here. And uh, see if we can get you in, because Annika's gonna be doing, once we can hear her, a healing. It might be that you have to go out and come back in again, because it just keeps telling me that you're muting yourself, but I don't think you are. So, nope, it's not gonna do it. So, if you can come out and come back in again, and what I will do is take people to talk a little bit more about this I would love talking about these workshops Um, again I'm looking to what Annika I hope you heard me you're gonna cut go out I'm gonna take you out and you're gonna come back in again so while we're waiting for Annika to come in these workshops I am really really keen to do these in South Africa and also in the States and also Australia would be great because they do give people a fantastic opportunity to find out all the things that well that the lawyers maybe don't tell them um, not because they're hiding anything. it's just that it's really useful information that uh, that I like to be able to give to people. Um, I'm just going to come now and we're gonna it looks like we've got Annika back so fingers crossed. Oh, we can hear you now, it's working, that's fantastic. So we do all these tech checks at the beginning, but sometimes it still goes awry. But we got you, we can hear you. So tell us a little bit, Annika, about the work that you do and what, is, what we've got coming for us, uh, coming up right now.
3: Thank you, Susie, and thank you for inviting me to spend some time with you tonight. I work with women, really, that is on a journey of evolution, to establish themselves in their personal power. And that in itself is a process that can involve a lot of pain, because we have to deeply know ourselves to get to that place of power. And so, what I take my clients through is a process of becoming more aware, uh, developing their self, uh, building their self-awareness, and really beginning to know themselves, those patterns that they're running, that are limiting them uh, in, in living the life that they choose to live. So tonight, I'd really like to share with your listeners a, a little healing meditation, specifically focused on anyone, really, men or women, who are going through this process, this journey of divorce, of separation, and to bring them into a space, take them through an exercise where they can do create a little bit of future memory in how they want to see themselves in a in a couple of years from now after this process has gone as long been gone
0: that sounds lovely so i'm gonna leave you to it and um thank you very much for coming on the show to give us this treat
3: thank you thank you so much okay so tonight i want to take you into a space of healing meditation You're entering a new chapter in your life and you deserve to feel your best even though you have difficult moments. So please just find yourself in a comfortable place where you can easily ignore the outside world and you can fully relax and let go of any tension or stress for the duration of this session. Just gently close your eyes Begin to take a couple of deep breaths on your own. Just feel your body already relaxing from these breaths. It is completely normal to build relationships, just as it is okay if the need to part ways arises and you are able to comfortably move through this process, starting a brand new chapter in your life. Breathe in deeply and in your mind, say to yourself, it is okay to love and lose and to love again. Breathe in fully. Perhaps you had recently gotten divorced or separated. Maybe you have been separated for some time. Or maybe you're anticipating a process of separation. Wherever you are on this journey, let's begin visualizing five years from now, into the future, when you have completely gotten over any stress related to this process. See yourself thriving in all areas of your life. You are healthy and stay active doing things you love to do. You are surrounded by people who love you and who make you feel confident in who you are. Five years from now, perhaps your career or business is thriving. your life in great detail after you have moved far beyond this divorce what does it feel like during these times when you have eliminated stress from your life and are taking care of yourself in healthy ways can you clearly see that you are happily divorced And no longer think ill of yourself or your ex-partner. Though after divorce, it is difficult to think kindly of all the parties involved. This is a very important step in moving forward and living your life the way you deserve to. So now imagine you are rewinding back to the present moment, only one year after the final break. You're getting your life on track and may still be feeling some soreness from what you had to go through. But you see you are making great change and taking action towards a fresh start. Right now, you will learn a technique that will be very important in moving forward and removing bad thoughts about your past relationship and avoid ending up wasting your valuable time and precious energy. Imagine your ex right now and allow any feelings you have for them to arise in your body and mind. This may not be nice to experience, but it is important. So please, sit with these feelings you have for them. Now begin to breathe deeply. Paying close attention to how your body expands and contracts with the breath. We are going to replace thinking about the past in a negative light with a deep breathing instead. Breathe in and out. Three big, deep breaths. And notice how the thoughts about your partner become less and less because you are letting them go with the power of your breath. Think of them and breathe into these thoughts. Release any negative feelings. You deserve this, this freedom. The more you practice this technique of breathing into your feelings, the easier it will get and the more relief you will find in all areas of your life. Feel how the breathing release all these feelings you're experiencing. Know that it is okay to love and lose because this only gives you the chance to love again. Now gently begin returning to your current surroundings. Feel free from the grip of an ex-relationship on your mind. Moving into a new chapter, filled with beauty and love. And open your eyes whenever you're ready.
0: Are you awake? So, that was lovely. Thank you so much, Annika. I hope you come back and uh, I think she's going to come do some more, which is great. So now we're all grounded. It's easier to contemplate that in the war of divorce and on the battlefield of family separation... We must always, always make peace our weapon of choice.